Hello, this is Deborah Anderson, the Black Woman Animator, coming back to you with another video. And in this video, I have Katrina Arroyo. <laughs> hey, <Welcome. laughs> thank you. <laughs> Can you give a, a quick intro about yourself? Yes, my name is Katerina Arroyo. Um, I am a visual effects artist. I, oh, also my name. I also go by Kat or Katarina. My name is spelled like Katarina, but grew up being called Katrina or Katarina when my mom's <laughs> mad at me. Katarina Maria Royo. <laughs> um, I'm a visual effects artist and uh, I love what I do. I'm a compositor, which is a, the 2D side of things. And I can explain that a little bit more and later on if you like. Um, yes. And uh i've always knew i wanted to take a creative path and here i am so go into the story about your name oh okay <laughs> so um i grew up being called katrina uh but it's spelled like katarina i think because the spanish translation is catalina with an l like catalina mm -hmm. almost mm -hmm. um and so my parents decided to kind of make it that but then they called me Katrina growing up so um I kind of to be honest started going by Katerina a bit more after the hurricane because sometimes people would make jokes and mm -hmm. I didn't think they were very funny mm -hmm. um but I respond to all things Kat, Katerina, Katrina. <laughs> all right so um uh, where are you from and how was it growing up? I I'm from like several places i suppose so i was born in san francisco but we were there for like a year then the, my parents moved down to phoenix arizona and then to new mexico where a lot of my extended family is from um all over new mexico like albuquerque so if you've seen breaking bad that's where i grew up <laughs> um and santa fe a family in Las Cruces, um, and family in Texas. So I spent most of my childhood in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then moved to a suburb in Dallas, Texas, outside of Dallas, um, when I was nine. So then I was there for, gosh, for high, through high school and through my education, got really involved in theater in high school. Um, and that was actually starting junior year so i started taking school seriously like a little bit late yeah. um <laughs> and then i've met i i still have some really great friends from theater and high school that are still in my life now and um have been encouraging throughout my whole career and um yeah so that was texas and then around i, I think as soon as i could I left and I moved to Los Angeles. So I got accepted to the Otis School of Art and Design, which I was very excited about, but not after I had built confidence up by going to um, some junior colleges and a state school. So I was, I've been in school for like way too long. But anyway, I got into art school and I came to Los Angeles and Otis was so wonderful. I loved my teachers. I'm still really good friends with my life drawing teacher. Um, we still keep in touch. I just spoke with her yesterday and um, that was wonderful. And then my sister went to Boston College. So um, she was having a little bit of a hard time. And I was thinking, well, you know, there's a, I've heard there's a good school out there called Rhode Island School of Design, which is actually one of the best, but I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, I'll just apply, see if I can get in. And then they gave me a big scholarship. So I had to go. So I was like, all right, see you West Coast. Yeah, LA, which is where I really wanted to be. Mm -hmm. um, so then I went to the East Coast and went to RISD, which was insane. A, a wonderful education. I loved art school so much. Um, we learned how to do everything like the old school way. So I learned how I took um, interior architecture as well. So I learned how to hand draft, um, draw from life, which I did learn a little bit from Otis, but like continued on like practical, like um tactile type learning you know and then um but then they started to fold in some technology like one of our requirements was to have an uh iMac or a, what was it it was a i it was a um <laughs> a macbook pro i think mm -hmm. and um i had never really had a personal computer before and stuff so that was good to learn how to use a computer or my own computer and learn, learn how to draft on the software and stuff like that. So um, we did some 3d modeling, 
for uh, environments and um, houses and or whatever our um, project was. A lot of the times our projects were abstract too. So they would be some sort of like form and space exercise that turned into something architectural. And um, I, I just, it was great. I loved it. But after graduating from RISD, I felt like I was very well versed in, in all the things that I had learned, but not so much ready for architecture's industry, like the practice or joining a firm or joining a practice, I just felt a little behind in terms of um, some of those skills. So I was like, well, maybe I'm not hireable yet. And then also I have lots of student loans. And um, when those, when it comes time to start paying those, you're like, oh gosh, what do we do? I was like, I'm going back to school. I still need to learn. <laughs> and uh, so I went and got a master's degree, but I was also like, I, have to, I can't be on the East Coast anymore. I have to go back to LA. So. Um, I went back, or I got into UCLA and um, got my master's in architecture there and graduated in 2009, I want to say. So it's been a minute. And um, if you can remember, the market crashed in 2008. So no one was building. Like architecture had kind of like shut down for two years or however long. And I decided, because I had lots of friends from Rhode Island School of Design that also came out to L.A., and they were, but they were all actually in the digital media arts. Mm -hmm. So that's, they were like, oh, come into our world. <laughs> it's awesome. And I was like, okay, I don't have a job. So yes, please. And it turned out like um, some companies have like, uh, like learn on the job mm -hmm. growing within the company um, programs. And so I went to the mill, which is where I'm at right now, and mm -hmm. uh, started out in reception, like running the front desk and just worked my way up from there. Um, I did make some other moves in between. Like I I've been freelancing or I freelanced for years, um, but then came back to the mill. And um, yeah, I love what I do. So my digital media arts friends kind of helped me transition. And it was very similar because in architecture, you have to design then you have to 3D model it, right? And then you need to composite it or entourage it or Photoshop it, get your people in there, get like life in there to sell the project yeah. so that you get the money and it can happen. So yeah, um, education in school was really awesome. Uh, it, it was, I want to say it was very necessary for me, but now where I'm, now that I'm here and I have the debt, I do think there were some things I could have, you know, I wish I could have encouraged myself a little bit more to trust myself that I could have gained skills on the job, but that's my journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, cool. So I remember in my childhood, one of the, um, things that I wanted to be was an architect. Um, oh. <laughs> and then, cause I was always good at like math and art. And so, nice. um, but then I kind of realized they don't like draw like that. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's out. <laughs> uh, but um, well, I'm horrible at math. But I had to just pass my structures and get through pre-cal. And like, architects are kind of like the artists, and I'm like, let the engineers figure it out. Okay. I know, I know it should work in theory. Let them figure out the numbers. <laughs> so like, um. What was your journey in art in your childhood? Like, what did you do when you were a kid that was artistic? And, like, what drew you to um, and captured your attention for deciding to study architecture? Yeah, um, I think a big thing for me was, well, I've always loved to draw. And um, I'm one of those kids. Well, I just turned 40, by the way, so I'm a little older. And when, when some of my friends or people at work ask me, you know, like, what video games did you play growing up? And I'm like, I played outside. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not, but at the same time, I need to like, you know, get up on the games because games are amazing. And we work on a lot of cinematics and stuff and they're very cool. So, um, but I, I loved being outside. Mm -hmm. I loved animals. Um, I begged and begged and begged my mom to get me a horse at some point. And like, we lived in this 
rural area in Texas and my girlfriend, um, she had a farm across the street and she was like, well, if you get one, you can just keep it here for free. And I was like, okay. So ended up having a horse for a few years and tried to nice. ride in rodeos. <laughs> but I was just like little like anomaly kind of at trying to ride in a rodeo with like a green day shirt and like Doc Martin boots and not non non cowgirl, but loved rodeos and horses and stuff. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I had a when you're riding a horse and you're outside, you have a lot of time to think about how beautiful the world is. I know that sounds cheesy, but you just become visually, um, I don't know, uh, sympathetic or visually just enamored and just love the beauty of everything you see. And then another major thing that really, really, I think I was kind of like, not necessarily on a path at all, but then all of a sudden, boom, path mm -hmm. was when, uh, I see, I was, I want to say 12 or 14 years old, 12, between 12 and 14. I'm not sure. Uh, my parents we had one big vacation. Well, we've had two big vacations like our whole life. Well, first one was when we went to Maui and that was really cool. This time we went to Italy. And when I stepped off that platform and I saw so many different people that looked different than me and, and on this other side of the planet, I was like, boom, whoa, this world is huge and I can't wait to see it all. And I want to experience everything. And it just... I, I just had such a huge eye-opening experience from that from traveling. And then we would go to the Uffizi Gallery and see mm -hmm. the painting. We went to the Duomo and saw that architecture. And, you know, a lot of it is like antiquities and stuff. But it's like when I see antiquities or when I see old things, I'm like, damn, we're smart. People are smart and we're cool. We've always kind of been cool. We just need to get our shit together now. <laughs> but yeah, so I was very inspired by that. Mm -hmm. And I also felt, I think this is important, when I was, you know, little, I was I was always like, I also felt like, yeah, this space is for me too, which mm -hmm. I I knew it. Like when I was there, I was just like, I knew it, right? And mm -hmm. so I um, realized that I wanted to make environments and spaces. And so I decided to go into um, architecture. Now I was... Tempted by going into sculpture, mm -hmm. um, I had conv convinced myself that it wasn't like a job or mm. I may not, you know, and architecture was more of like a science and a design with a, a job ready for me. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I tipped towards that. But I also love furniture and I love um, sculpt like sculptural type of things, but with function. So yeah. industrial design too. Like I mm -hmm. remember being a kid and like being enamored with one of my toothbrushes and just thought, wow, this curve turns into that curve right at this moment where my thumb goes, like some sort of connection was made in my brain. And I was like, that's, I love that. So mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that was big. And, um, and I, architecture is still with me. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, industrial design was one of my things also. I like I had a period when I was younger where I would just draw shoes from the side. <laughs> yeah, right? Shoes are oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> shoes and like sneakers, the 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 cruelest industrial designers make sneakers, right? Like mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So kindred spirits. Yes. <laughs> um, so were your were your parents supportive of your artistic interests? Yes, they were. They were very much supportive. Um, I think because they just saw how much joy it brought me and how much I opened up once I decided to do, you know, to kind of pursue that. Mm -hmm. But theater, theater helped a lot too. Theater gave me a lot of confidence. And um, I think you get, you know, a lot of people that are shy or um, have anxieties or insecurities in public and stuff. Like I, I, do have that too, but I mm -hmm. feel like theater really helped me a lot with that. And so um, gave me a little more, more confidence in being comfortable in my own self because on the stage you're somebody else. And so you can kind of like, you know, push things here and there and get used to being embarrassed <laughs> or yeah. uh, uncomfortable or whatever. And then it's like, oh, whatever, I give zero. <laughs> yeah, I had my journey into being okay with being embarrassed <laughs> was like way after college because I remember I had like had an embarrassing 
story in college that I just refused to tell people because I was like, mm, nope. <laughs> like I can't tell embarrassing stories. And now I tell embarrassing stories all the time. But, all the you know, time, right? It was like yeah. this, it was a perfectionist thing where yeah. I'm like, oh, I have to be perfect, so I can't tell embarrassing stories because what? <laughs> because what? <laughs> perfect is boring. <laughs> I always say, if it ain't weird, it ain't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But now I can be like, oh, last week I did something really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you want to oh, hear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so some projects. Well, uh, IMDb needs to do better with your IMDb. So I'm going to list the stuff that's on there and then you can fill in the rest. Because I know you've worked on a lot of commercials and they don't really put commercials on IMDb. Right. Um, yeah. And, like music videos and stuff. So. The few things that were on there was <laughs> uh, 300 Rise of an Empire, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I know you did the Reebok X, um, one of the Reebok X Party B commercials, um, Run the Jewels featuring Greg Nice and DJ Premier. Mm-hmm. What else? <laughs> oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> like more. anything like prominent or cool? Yeah, let's see. Well, I guess I could talk about a feature experience versus a commercial experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe like the- commercials better than feature, right? Uh, I do for now. I I mean, I like I like the medium because it's weird. It's temporary, so you can be experimental. Like, who cares? Maybe no one's going to see it in a few years if it's a flop, or if it's yeah. awesome, then everybody will remember it and people will still reference it. So, there's like a, a like a, a room for absurdity I feel like in there and I love absurdity so if a commercial can make me laugh oh also I love working on um commercials with animals and it's just they're they're, it's the best um but like let's see my first gig outside of commercials was when I went freelance I worked at a place called Scanline Mm -hmm. pardon me and that was so cool. I got to touch Iron Man 3 for a couple of weeks. And then, um, what was, oh, uh, that was the Rise of Empire uh, 300, the one that's on the ocean. And that was mm-hmm. so cool because Scanline, um, I believe, invented, um, the owner, Stefan, invented Flowline, which was like water simulations. And that was the, everything was on the sea. And mm-hmm. so I got to see all those huge renders and meet like genius people who are creating oceans and um, all the compositors were really cool, very um, willing to help me learn. And yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. I, my leads were incredible. It was the first time I had like intense tech checks mm-hmm. in a theater, like, in a movie theater I'm like whoa okay now I really understand why that stupid little pixel they keep telling me to fix it because I can see it so that was both humbling insanely exciting and like just I just was filled with joy I was like oh my god I've I've, have I made it it? (laughs) I'm here (laughs) yeah so yeah so exciting. And that was 300. One of the coolest things um, that I came out with that experience was that my commercial experience that I had had before helped me figure out a problem they were having, which was um, a shot like an arrow coming straight into this um, guy's eye. And he had like, um, I think a metal, like not conquistador, but uh, a, this is the wrong time, a metal (laughs) helmet. Yeah. And, um, and it hits him in the eye and he's he screams towards the camera. So and you can see it on my reel. So he's like, ah mm-hmm. and um what I what was happening was they time warped that so that it would be like and then slow, like ah. Yeah. And so during the time warp, because he had water on him and the lighting and stuff, like he was getting these kind of creepy crawlies artifacts because okay we're changing the timing of it. So the software is trying to interpolate in between frames to create new frames yeah. to slow down the motion. So we would get some um, some artifacting. And my 
quick commercial thinking was like, oh, you know what? I, I think I can figure out how to solve that. So mm -hmm. I did just like three or four, well, actually maybe it was more like five or six, I don't remember, but um, like median blurs to mm -hmm. try to get different levels of his skin without the flickering and then 2D soft matte and tight matte and whatever mm -hmm. work to get it to work and it ended up working and they were so thankful. They're like, wow, I threw something together in like three hours. They're like, wow, this is a viable um, uh, execution. So let's do it. And I did it. Yeah. And they were very thankful. And I don't think that sometimes um, when you're in feature to do things, perhaps uh, like the median thing in 2d might seem a little bit hacky, but it's, it's not, mm -hmm. it's just, right using all the things you can use whereas yeah. sometimes in features you're like waiting on a different department whereas in commercials it's like well i think i'm not going to wait on that department it's just me i have to figure out something yeah so and then um my favorites i love working on the reebok spots because i'm a huge cardi b fan yeah and um the one spot that i would we had um shown during access vfx was uh, my favorite. Granted, I she's had a few other Reebok campaigns that I've worked on, and that was also really mm -hmm. amazing. But I think the first one with the nails growing is just my favorite because it's just so bizarre and all, all like weird, but like so her and funny. And I love her lines yeah. in that. It's just like, what did, what did she say? Do you think he's cute? <laughs> and then yeah. her girlfriend, her girlfriend's like, he all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but to get the CG looking right and like that's yeah. a that's a that's uh, the Cardi B Reebok spots I like to talk about because I think it shows that um, other perspectives are really important to have in the industry. Like I was saying, the the to redo her nails, I know that she had this Swarovski crystal that had an mm -hmm. Aurora Borealis like flair to it, yeah. and a lot of the guys don't know anything. And I work, you know, they're not a lot of us. There's a right. lot more females coming up in our industry and stuff, but it's not, it's mostly men and they don't, yeah. you know, exactly know. And so I was like, you know what, we got to get this right. And so that was, that felt really cool. And then like, and the guys were like, Oh, awesome. Thank you. Because they, they want to know, you know, they, this is the project yeah. that they're doing, they're working on. So. Can you kind of go into a little bit of the, the um, solution you had for her um, nails? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, sure. So. The CG was all, um, I can actually pull out the practical. Do you want me to grab it? Okay, hold yeah. on one, one moment. So we can actually like have a visual to talk about. Okay. <laughs> okay, where did I put my headphones? <laughs> here they are. Okay, so here are the um, Cardi B nails for that Reebok spot where her nails were growing and we shot mm -hmm. these practically so that we could match um, the CG model mm -hmm. and as you can see like it's a specific pink that her nail artist Jenny Bui designed for her for the spot mm -hmm. and you can see the Aurora Borealis like that rainbow sparkle yeah and the rainbow sparkles kind of on the surface it's not like below and you see it through a clear diamond and then it's on the surface. So um, I put together a rainbow, like a Voronoi pattern and gave it to CG or the lighting team. And then the lighting team ran it through. And then that's when we finally got the nails to look, this, the crystals to look right. Before they were looking like gold okay. or like silver, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. And so, yeah. And that collaborative process was, it's just, it's just so much fun. It's like, you know, two artists trying to figure out how to get Cardi B nails right. That and I love that. Like, yeah. yes, sign me up every day. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's the importance of like having diversity. Um, a yeah. woman, a person of color, a Cardi B fan, a person who knows about nails. Like, yep. mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes we are we stay on the surface with the importance of diversity and only think about skin color, but mm -hmm. it's like deep cultural things that we know about that can add to solving problems absolutely and you know it's all it's all awesome because you're going to be on jobs you know the next job i'll be on is like for an acura car and i don't know that much about acura but my teammate does and they nerd out about it and then 
you know, and so I can, then I learn about Acura and yeah. every, I mean, it's not like I'm super excited necessarily about learning about brands, but people like, I love Cardi, you know, <laughs> I love, uh, it's for me, it's more of the love of the talent and, um, I, um, and it's a sacred task for me. You know, I'm also a woman of color, I'm Latina, and mm -hmm. uh, it's important to get it right. And, and it's, yeah. it's important to get it right. And it's also important to love what you do. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, maybe not many men want to be necessarily working on that. They'd rather work on Mm -hmm. Iron Man or something. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, but I love it. So there's lots, I guess what I'm saying is trying to communicate is that there's lots of room for mm -hmm. lots of different types of people to yeah. join visual effects, whether it's also animation or what I yeah. do, which is compositing or, mm -hmm. you know, the flow line or FX, which is simulations and fire yeah. and wind yeah, and yeah, water yeah. so much, you know, mm -hmm. and that, that small Cardi B job that we were on, Let's see, there was me, a flame artist. Um, I had another assistant um, in Nuke. And then I think, so that was four 2D people. And then um, there was Jason and then there was Brian. And then the lead. so there was like, it was a team of like maybe 10 people, mm -hmm. seven to 10 people to get that done. Yeah. So you're never alone as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you got to walk away with the nails and didn't you get something else? Oh, she, they gave me her shoes. Oh my God. Okay, I'll pull one out. The club sees. Mm -hmm. And this is them. So in the spot, I was going to give you, um, I meant to give you the link, but the, mm -hmm. this is the club C. Oh, wait. Mm -hmm. And they're so small. She has small feet. Yeah. <laughs> but the agency was so appreciative because I'm such a fan that... Mm -hmm. The, the couple of the agency guys were like, will you tell us, like, educate us on who she is? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, to, how else to say that. I was like, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Let me show you, girl. And um, we all, like, had so much fun in the suite together because every time they'd come in, I'd be like, oh, the clients are here. <laughs> and they loved it. They, you know, so uh, being a big a joy is also a help, you know, being yeah. and enjoying what you do is because you have clients coming in, they're stressed, they just got off the plane or whatever. Mm -hmm. They've got to get this spot done in a few days. And, mm -hmm. and so when they come in and we're all excited to be part of their team and working on what they're doing, they, they really appreciate it. And I think they, they loved me and they loved my enthusiasm for the job. And so they are like, you want her shoes? I think they might fit you. <laughs> it's like, yes, give them to me. Yes. Yes. Now, please. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty, pretty fortunate. And then doing the other Reebok spots has been a lot of fun, too. Mm -hmm. She's just beautiful. Just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I know, well, quick aside, I have some um, friends that I know through my work um, in the Herbal Income Professionals. Uh, one of them is getting their Ph.D., and she's teamed up with a couple people. Um, they published a paper, like the so the sociology of Cardi B or something. Like that. Wow! Please send it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, if I can, I'll, if I'll try to. I'll if, try to uh, send if it. If they're to not published yet or whatever, just yes, yeah, send it to me. I mean, yeah. I feel, I feel aligned with her. Like I know mm -hmm. I'm older, much older than her, but mm -hmm. you know, for her, it was how how am I going to get out? How do I? Yeah. How do I? make sure that I set up this life for myself and I'm happy and I'm doing what I want and I'm doing what mm -hmm. I'm good at. And like her lyrics are just, they make you feel like such a boss lady and such a badass and give you so much confidence for yeah. her. It may have been dancing and stripping and rapping for me as architecture. Yeah. Same story though, almost yeah. in a way. I mean, I may have not, you know, come out the mud as much as like she, she says, but mm -hmm. I definitely come from a background, like the first one to go to college in my family, didn't really have a computer in my house growing up. Um, yeah, so I had to do, you know, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is I understand, especially for women of color, that it takes us a, a lot more for us to get to here. Yeah. than others. Mm -hmm. And I love her story. And I just if the fact that the one the the Reeboks 
bought that we did, the fact that she sold out, I forget which, it was not the nail one. The nail one, I think she may have sold out. I'm not sure. But the um, the Reeboks that are kind of a lavender and blue, right. they have that thick, chunky, and then the red and black ones mm -hmm. sold out everywhere. Sold out in Macy's, sold out JCPenney, sold out everywhere in 24 mm -hmm. hours. And mm -hmm. if I can be a part of that, and I can be a part of, you know, a black woman's success yes sign me up it's a sacred yeah. task i love doing it it's like what i've born to do <laughs> yeah. what i'm meant to do and so i when i heard that she sold out in 24 hours i was just i was so happy it's like yeah she did yeah she did yeah and like <laughs> i wouldn't technically classify myself as a fan like i really like her music and all that stuff i just I just don't like follow it closely, mm -hmm. but I do like come to her defense in like comment sections because yeah. like because of her background, people don't regard her as intelligent. And so, you know, when mm -hmm. she was doing the interview with like Joe Biden and all that stuff and they're like, Ooh, where does she have? I'm like, pretty sure. I think she went to college in, for poli sci. So she actually oh. knows yeah. what he's talking about. I mean, she, yeah. I don't know. I don't think she graduated, but I'm just like, just because she talks like that doesn't mean she's intelligent. She's not. And she probably <laughs> speaks more languages than you. She speaks more languages than, you know, whoever that commenter was. That person probably right. only speaks English. She speaks Spanish fluently. She speaks English. And um, maybe, I don't know, something. I wouldn't be surprised if she spoke another language. You know, I feel, I, I see her. Right. I see that genius. I see that. Like, and if you actually listen to her speak, She's mm -hmm. actually saying things. Oh, <laughs> she's very smart. I mean, even yeah. in her lyrics, like in the songs and stuff, I'm just like, what I, I used to call it like millennial wisdom or Gen Z wisdom or something that a lot of other, you know, older generations don't have. And she just gets mm -hmm. it. Like the one mm -hmm. line um, in that one song where she says, um, you have me, you have me questioning myself because you're inconsistent. I'm like, damn, she got it. Like she gets it. She got second sight, you know? Right. So yeah. Yeah. I, I feel her. Yeah. Um, so doo -doo -doo -doo. what do you love about visual effects and compositing? Oh, I love visual problem solving. And I love that it, uh, compositing is kind of like moving collage in a way, but then also integration. And um, I think it's a really great challenge and a satisfying challenge the, to like, let's say you have a talent that is shot on green screen, they're too busy, they can't make it to set, you know, in New Zealand or something on. And um, so they get shot somewhere else. I have to make it seem like they're all there. So yeah. it's such a great challenge and it's uh compositing in a way is almost instantly gratifying or like, mm -hmm. you know, like if I block out the shot and I get them there, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to work. Okay, great. Now I just got to do the final mm -hmm. tedious things to, to sell it, but I know it's going to work. So I think, um, because I was actually thinking of going into CG, coming from architecture. I was like, oh, well, maybe it's a natural progression to yeah. start going into CG. Mm -hmm. And um, um, But now thinking about it, and this isn't anything bad on CG at all, because so it's also amazing. I just feel like uh, CG versus um, compositing is like icing on the cake like or um compositing is the icing on the cake where cg is the cake it's mm -hmm. hard you got to get all the ingredients right yeah. you have you have to have the oven at the right temperature and you put it in there and it's got to render overnight it's like big steaks mm -hmm. whereas like once that's all figured out they just give it to me and i get to like make it look really pretty and really <laughs> sing it in there so you know yeah. all tasks are intense and stuff but um yeah, I guess I'm the end of the line, so I kind of get to sweeten things up and, and, and finish things. So that's that's satisfying. Can you talk about the difference between 2D compositing and 3D compositing? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, to, compositing in general is 2D. Mm -hmm. um, when we get CG renders or renders from 3D, they're mm -hmm. already rendered in a 2D form, right? Okay. So, but that is different in that I'm getting it from CG. I'm getting mm -hmm. an Iron Man. I have to make Iron Man fly through the sky and look like mm -hmm. he's actually in the sky. Mm -hmm. um, whereas maybe I've got a different shot where I have to put birds in the sky 
but we don't have enough, the, the company or the client doesn't have the money for CG birds. So we just go out one night and shoot, you know, in Malibu, a flock of birds or something. So mm -hmm. that's a 2D element. Okay. And then mm -hmm. I put those 2D birds to look on, like to put them onto our plate. So that's what I mean in a way about moving collage. Okay. So those are, yeah. But in the end, it's all 2D. I guess it all yeah. comes out flat. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's so sometimes when you work on CG, um, you get lots and lots of passes and lots of cool things to make your CG look better and to integrate mm -hmm. it, which is really interesting. Different new types of passes that maybe you've never gotten before mm -hmm. that just help give a highlight or help give something to the CG. So that's really cool. You have to figure out how to put those passes together mm -hmm. mathematically. So like the beauty pass, ambient inclusion, yep. specular, mm -hmm. all that type mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. all your lighting passes, plussing them together, and then maybe mm -hmm. one of them is too strong, so you s strip it out and then add yeah. it back in later a little mm -hmm. bit less. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's comp. And <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's the, the CG side of comping. And it's it's they're both equally fun. I think they're both yeah. equally fun. Some people do prefer uh, comping 3D to comping 2D. Uh, mm -hmm. 2D tasks sometimes can be hard, pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And CG, it's not so much that it's not hard to comp CG, but if you don't have good CG, then it's hard to comp it. If you have good CG, then it's like, wow, yeah. it comes together and yeah. Cool. Uh, what would you say is the biggest breakthrough in your career or have you had multiple breakthroughs in your career? Yeah, I've had, I, th I think maybe I've had multiple. Um, one of the first ones was when I first said, no, I'm not staying late. <laughs> it was so hard. It was so hard. <laughs> um, I don't remember what it was. I just remember being like, I just did that. And it's okay. <laughs> I needed it. I had gotten to a point where I was very tired. And yeah. I just needed it and uh, and it got easier, you know, it, it got easier, not necessarily to say no, but it got easier to communicate that yeah. I need something mm -hmm. or I, I need some help on this or can, you know, yeah. So that was a breakthrough and it, it took me a minute to get there. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, I remember like I, in some previous positions, it's been like, um, you can tell that I'm being treated differently and you know as like a multiple minority I'm like is it because I'm a woman or is it because I'm black and I'm I don't know <laughs> and so yeah, right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's some reason and like I had because sometimes you attack it and then for my personality if the response is dumb I'm just like okay I just won't advocate for myself anymore because I just don't want to continue hearing dumb things <laughs> in response mm -hmm. to me advocating for myself but then mm. over some years, I, I, I kind of took like a couple years and then I started advocating for myself again because sometimes my like supervisor would be ridiculous. And then when I started advocating for myself again, he's like, oh, okay, we can do yeah. this. I'm like, yeah. So yeah. was I actually being discriminated against or is it because I didn't speak up? <laughs> like, or was like, it because that person was having a bad day that day? Or, yeah, you know, so it's, it's like, so. Oh my gosh, I've been going through so many things for the past several years and it could have not happened possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so cut it out. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh man, like, yeah. okay. So you have to continue advocating for yourself mm -hmm. just in case it's not because you're a minority and it's just because you haven't spoken up for yourself. I suppose, you know, um, I know that, some people probably feel, um, I, because I am 40, I suppose, um, I've, been, I've been the only woman in the room, like mm -hmm. almost the whole time, mm -hmm. and I got used to it. And um, yeah, so I know that I'm not exactly the most in tune with, uh, also with like things like microaggressions and, and mm -hmm. the things that happen, like it takes me a minute for, for me to realize. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Dick. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I also think that it might be good because mm -hmm. I just don't let it get to me. Or it's just yeah. like it's it's not so much 
that I'm rejecting it. It's just more like I just don't even see it any, or not that I don't see it, but it's just, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect me. So, and also I work with really wonderful people now. Yeah. Um, I know, I, I don't know too much about production, but I think that there's a bit more com- competition between mm-hmm. each other in, mm-hmm. in production, whereas in being an artist, you're all on the team together. Granted, mm-hmm. I've heard some kind of sabotaging each other in different studios here and there. Never mm-hmm. experienced it myself, so I won't say anything. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I've been very fortunate to be around artists, and artists most of the time are just, we're all just kind of weird and goofy and silly and just want to get the job done and support each other because it, yeah. it's so hard. It's like can never just fall on one person. It's like a, it's a team effort every time. So we all yeah. really work to, well together and we all yeah, like respect each other. Most, and, most of my adult career has been in the South. So uh-huh. it was like, even though I 3D modeled all of this stuff, that, that the way they treat me is as if I didn't do it. <laughs> so it's just like, uh, like so. That's why you're in California. <laughs> yeah, like, because um, it was like I was a project manager of one project, and they're like, "Oh, you can get your coworker and the contractor to do these big things, but you can do the screws and the and the bolts." And I'm like, "But I've what? Why would okay. I do any, any like things if yeah. I modeled?" What? Yeah, it's like Weird. like oh. I look forward to when I re-break into the industry and. Mm-hmm in Los Angeles and like get to experience a different environment. <laughs> yes. That yeah. was not it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know that there was uh, stuff going on down there as well. Like I well, yeah, hear I that. Make my own way. <laughs> <laughs> How amazing would it be if we had like a VFX, a cool VFX place in New Orleans, I would move in a hot minute. Like I would, I've yeah. never even been, and I just know I would do it just mm-hmm. to experience the city and, I want to go so bad. My husband is um, be going on a shoot there, and I'm like, I wish I could go with you. Um, <laughs> so, what are your yeah. other breakthroughs in your career? Let's see, another breakthrough. I guess uh, going freelance, okay. mm-hmm. breaking free um, from, or I, I, you know, sometimes when you work your way up in certain companies, you're at a lower wage, mm-hmm. and um, there's a moment where you kind of feel like you can't afford to work for them anymore because at the rate in which they give raises, um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So, and for some reason in our industry, at least with visual effects, I think it's because unlike um, editorial or some other posts, um, well, I think mostly editorial and animation, y'all have guilds, right? Or like mm-hmm. unions, we don't. Right, right. And, um, so I needed to go freelance because I just couldn't afford to be working that much and not making enough and then not having any time off. That was the main thing was the time off. Yeah. And so I went freelance and then that's when I went to Scanline and that was amazing. I worked there for six months and then mm-hmm. um, took a little time off and then, you know, just jumped around. I jumped around for years and met lots of wonderful people, uh, lots of great places to work. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, that was huge for me because also when you freelance, you're kind of like, you know, the new blood that's coming in and you don't know all the politics. You don't know the bad blood. Yeah. You don't know yeah. any of that stuff and either, no, and you don't care. You're in there right. to just come in and do your job and get, and mm-hmm. leave. And there's something really nice about that. And you also pick up skills along the way. So I definitely encourage freelancing mm-hmm. and, you know, and now that I'm staff again, it's not so much that I'm, I've settled in at a place. It's more, I figured out the place that I feel like I can grow the best way and the best yeah. way, you know, and a lot of times in our industry, the way that you grow is like, okay, you start comp and then you become senior comp or mid-level, then senior comp, then mm-hmm. lead, then, and I don't necessarily want to go in that direction. I would, I'm more into outreach. I would like to help train juniors. Mm-hmm. I would like to help, you know, I have a, a, little dream of mine to somehow start a little VFX Academy of my own here nice. in South LA mm-hmm. for, for my, for my neighborhood in my neighborhood kids. And, you know, yeah. it's in their backyard. It's right here. Mm-hmm. And chances are they're more like 
well-versed digitally than I am <laughs> already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think that that's the way in which I'm growing. And my my boss had recently said that she had noticed that. And she was like, I think it's interesting that you're kind of carving a growth for yourself and a trajectory for yourself that isn't the norm. And I think you're proving that it doesn't have to be the norm, you know? So that's, that's, that freelancing was a breakthrough. And then also I would say that working with, um, Anne, who you met, um, on Mm -hmm. outreach Mm -hmm. and what else, whatever else I can do. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I can do it, anybody can do it, you know? (laughs) I know, um, with you um, saying that you started out in reception, can you talk about the power of the mindset that no job that you've previously done, no matter how small people think it is, it's all important because you you mentioned in another um, video of how when you were applying for some job and had the interview and they heard that you work for Starbucks, they were like, (laughs) like, that was it. Actually, it was the mill. So my first job in reception, you know, I had um, showed them, well, I had to apply and that was the, my foot in the door. So the managing director at the time was interviewing and he was like, well, let's talk about your experience. And I was like, well, you know, I've got my, here's my portfolio from my master's degree at UCLA. And I went to Rhode Island school design, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, 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 no. What's your work experience? And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I worked retail for years and I worked at Starbucks. He was like, you're hired. <laughs> because you have, you know, a where a well-rounded person is necessary mm-hmm. when you do this kind of work. Sometimes you got to work really long hours. Sometimes you got to think on your feet. Sometimes yeah. you got to you got to be a people person too, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's uh it just makes everything so much better and I think that's what that meant to him. Oh, yeah. you were in charge at a Starbucks or you worked at a Starbucks for years or at retail. I know mm-hmm. that you're a hard worker and that yeah. you know you can you can manage and think on your feet and and also talk to people so yeah yeah i think that you know that experience when you when you're in the suite with somebody and they're they don't have that experience sometimes they stand quite out you're like mm-hmm. you never made your bed did you your mom never <laughs> made you make your bed i i can tell there's some common sense things that are not working out <laughs> Well, can you talk about like the the with with the you're collaborating all the time? So, what is yeah. the importance of being a great communicator? Oh, it's very important. Or, or can it's... you tell some stories of where, with no names mentioned, like what what happened when somebody wasn't a great communicator? <laughs> oh well, if somebody's not a great communicator, like you could end up getting a different, the wrong texture on, you know. Uh, a CG thing that you've requested and you get it and you're like, what is this? And then you say, what is this to them? And they're like, it's what you asked for. And it's like, no, that's not what I, well, what's that communication breakdown here? We've mm-hmm. lost a day because it takes a whole day for the CG to render. Right. So it's, yeah. So that's really important. And going back and forth, there's nothing wrong with asking questions, right? Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. people think that sometimes cultures at workplaces make you feel that way too. Mm-hmm. I know. Just be mm-hmm. the squeaky wheel, like I said. Get used to it. Like, okay, just be mm-hmm. that. Just elbow your way in there. It's meant for you. You're you're there, right there, doing the job. You were hired for it. It's yeah. yours. Like you do it. Don't listen to you know. Just just yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what I've done. I have a thick skin, so thick that like I don't even know when thing arrows are coming. <laughs> I got a job to do. I'm so busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've kind of um, made it a family affair with like getting your sister into the industry. And then I think do you have an <laughs> editor or something. Or- yeah. So Emily, my younger sister. So there's, there's three of us here, mm-hmm. Emily and Erica. And um, Emily is now an editor and she's been editing for a while. Um, she was at Union Editorial for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. growing her wings and yeah, she's, she's been bouncing around in the industry. Um, I believe she was a history major and, um, maybe Chicano studies like minor or something. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my youngest sister, Erica actually studied neuroscience, their neuro- neurology, neuroscience. I don't know. 
she's a brainiac and she has a PhD. She, she's, um, it's, it, this is another like unfortunate thing about work industries and stuff. Mm -hmm. She's, um, I really wish she had stayed and had gone into research because she was getting somewhere with, um, Alzheimer's and autistic mm -hmm. studies like brain, yeah, you know, and like how and how we actually research them isn't exactly the best way to research, which is huge. Like she was yeah. doing research on um, the mouse model, which is like literally mice, but mm -hmm. in in utero, like mm -hmm. still in the in the mama, and that's actually more telling of yeah. when these things are traceable and when you mm -hmm. can actually, you know, try to do a therapy on them and stuff. And nobody's even never studied the mice mm. well. And, you know, so I feel her research was so amazing and just mind blowing. But then she was like, uh, I don't, I'm not going to make any money. I'm not going to be able to live in Los Angeles. I'm not going to, you know, so she had to bolt and now she works yeah. for deluxe and she's learning. I think she's going to be on a colorist trajectory. She mm -hmm. might go editorial first, mm -hmm. but she's already um, learning um, fairly. She's fairly comfortable and like resolve. And um, yeah. So She's going to fly, too. She's going to do great. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the unfortunate thing about, like, our culture in that the most important people don't make the most money. So there's so many, yeah. like, discoveries yeah. that we could have had if people could just have made a living. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, I want to research this, but... But at the same time, she also is very much in love with uh, photography. And mm -hmm. I, I think that girl is going to be like a, a DOP someday. She's going to, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, whatever, wherever she goes, she's going she's gonna to do big things. And, and maybe someday she can come full circle somehow yeah. into the medical industry. You know, maybe she's a DOP on, on, a, on a doco or she helps visualize some research that's important. Yeah. Um, so can you talk about how did you get involved in the Shake It Like a Zombie music video? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Fast family fun stuff. Did you see it? Is that on? Oh my God. It's on the YouTube. <laughs> it's on the YouTubes. It was just, uh, we've got cameras and friends and fun and stuff. Let's just shoot some of the fun things. And, um, yeah. <laughs> With all the choreography and <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta start somewhere, you know. You gotta have fun yeah. somehow, and it's definitely ridiculous and silly. I had no idea that I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do my research. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I know you mentioned kind of how, um, like, you don't kind of notice microaggressions and stuff like that but have it has there been any, any any ways how being a woman uh you know a person of color or any other isms even if it's like the anxiety piece um yeah. has impacted you in your visual effects career yes it did it was early on though mm -hmm. um yeah i was there was some time when we didn't have an hr department and it was really hard and then as soon as we got an hr lady i was like ah! every day you know this happened this happened yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was a struggle. It was mm -hmm. a struggle. I'm so I'm thankful that it was that it's over with and stuff. But I maybe it was also a good lesson because like I got a really strong backbone from that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, microaggressions actually one recently happened to me and mm -hmm. I confronted them. Mm -hmm. And um, and it was all working from home, so that made it even weirder. Yeah. Um, but I and they they had said, oh, no, 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 no. That was not my intention at all. That was not this or whatever. But when you stand back and look at it, you can see it. Yeah. And even this person is, is a is a dear friend as well. So I mm -hmm. um, I get it. But I can I can share the example. So I had put together I was doing something and I had a question about a CG pass. Mm -hmm. And I took a screenshot. I took the time to take a screenshot and say, this is where the problem is. Can we ask CG to get rid of it so that, mm -hmm. you know, in the next mm -hmm. version, blah, blah, blah. And then immediately back was just a comment that said, how can you do that if, if it, 
how can you remove something if it needs to be cast a shadow? Something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I mean, but it was like, and then and then they had said my name too. It's like, mm -hmm. how can this, how can the da, 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 cat? And I took that as like, wait, what do you mean? Like, mm -hmm. they can turn off self-shadowing, right? And I was like, it's just, see, see what? And then, he, but I guess he was joking with me or, or I don't know. I would, I was thrown yeah. off because I took the time to ask an intelligent question and then it was met with a joke or like mm -hmm. a little, like a, a remark. And right. then, and then they ended up saying, oh, well, yeah, go ahead and just ask CG. And I was like, well, then that means that you were microaggressing me if you just said, well, then go ahead. Cause, or you didn't know, I don't know. Yeah. But it's all confusing. And I just said, listen, I felt like you microaggressed me. Mm -hmm. And they they apologized up and down. And I said, you know, it's hard on chat. Like, mm -hmm. I, I I felt like I took the time to ask you a question intelligently. And I figured that I would have been met with respect and how you would answer it. But instead, it was a joke. Okay, yeah. it's fine. I didn't get it. It didn't, it didn't. And right. then they, had, mm -mm. and then they had told me to do something else. And I started to do that task. And then like half a day later, how are you getting on? Oh, I'm well, I'm good. This is a little bit harder. I might need a little more time to do that task. Oh, I was joking. Don't do that. How am I supposed to know that? Like, the, that was a joke. Wait, you asked me to do a task. And that was a joke. Like, come on, you know, right. come on, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. an idiot. So anyway, that sucks. It sucks. Yeah, but um, I you know I called it out. I call it out now when I see it or I feel it. Mm -hmm. If I don't, and it's three days later, then I just talk it with over with friends or my therapist or my psychiatrist or you know <laughs> like my team. <laughs> Work through yeah. it. Mm -hmm. and move on. Um, what have you learned throughout your life and career that will be beneficial advice to others? Hmm. I would say definitely like trust yourself and listen to yourself. Like, and if, and you know, if you're feeling some kind of way that somebody does to you, like listen to yourself, you're not an idiot, you know what's going on. Right. And especially if there's a power dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, also just, just try to just stay excited and, and happy and learn and, you know, keep, keep that going, keep whatever it is, that gets you really excited and up in the morning. Yeah. Keep that going strong, you know? And, um, you know, also some things that we do sometimes in compositing is if we're on a job that has one really hard task that's time consuming and hard, and then I've got four other easy tasks, sometimes I'll do those two easy tasks and then take on the harder one. So I get a couple wins in. And I learned mm -hmm. that from my bosses because yeah. they're like, oh, and I, you know, but most of the time I would approach the first one, the hardest one first and try to attack mm -hmm. it and, da, 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 and pull my hair out. And then I've lost a day or whatever. Whereas mm -hmm. they're like, oh, no, no, get some wins in first, you know, build up yeah. your spirit. And so that's, <laughs> that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as someone who's been in the industry for over a decade, have you decided like your purpose in regard to being like brown and brown professionals in VFX, I know you mentioned you know, the academy and stuff like that. But yeah, do that purposely do stuff. Do I? I'm sorry. What was the last? Part? Do you like purposely do stuff to get like more brown people? Yeah, yeah. With the outreach program, um, I've mm -hmm. also I haven't had a chance to volunteer in a long time, but I was also trying to volunteer more at the Inner City Arts School, which mm -hmm. is right outside of downtown. Um, they do have a career day, I think, coming up, which I'm going to try to volunteer for. And maybe mm -hmm. Anne will come with me. Mm -hmm. um, yes. What else? Like, I mean, that's for me, that's in a way the goal. Like, mm -hmm. if I could help educate some um, and help kids get into visual effects without maybe taking on like the level of debt that I've taken on. For example, mm -hmm. like I love my education. My journey has been awesome and stuff, but 
I'm well over six figures in debt from it. And mm -hmm. it's very hard to get out from underneath it. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. I would like, like my ultimate goal would be to help some of these kids get individual effects without having to take on debt, without yeah. having to feel like they have to go to a four year college or, you know, trade school or, or, you know, maybe they want to, maybe they want to do both. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, um, yeah, you don't have to have a college degree to do visual effects, actually, mm -hmm. you know, and you don't even have to have a certificate, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate that I do have a master's degree because now I can teach at the college level, which would yeah. be cool. Mm -hmm. Maybe that will be in my future. So, you know, maybe I yeah, it's not I, I mean, I, there is no regret. It's just the regret is the level of debt. So, yeah, yeah. But that's the goal. The goal is to um, maybe teach and share and train. Yeah. Um, Demystify. You, <laughs> yes, definitely. What do you hope um, minority slash Hispanic of VFX professionals do in this current landscape that maybe you wish you would have done or that you're currently doing? You know, we have all this technology now. We have all these social media platforms. What are you hoping that people are doing out there? Hmm. I, I, it's a good question. Or what I would like, you would hope to do if you had the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, like what kind of project would I like to be on or what yeah. would I like to, yeah. You know, um, let's see. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure what the ideal project would be, but like I said, I do have that dream of opening up a little VFX Academy, but mm -hmm. also um, my sister and I, now this is like a big, big dream. We, mm -hmm. we have a dream about opening up like an artist residency slash uh, school slash studios on mm -hmm. the border for, um, yeah, for, for border kids that, mm -hmm have nowhere to go yeah. and, and are, you know, creative minded and, um, yeah. Cool. And even, I guess maybe for DACA. DACA. Too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a little bit farther out than maybe the yeah. VFX Academy dream, which I think could happen. I, I need yeah. to, I need to educate myself in grant writing and yeah. stuff like that. Like my, uh, my life drawing teacher that I was telling you about from Otis Mm -hmm. She was she was telling me that she was going to try to get me in touch with someone and, and see if we can get some grants written up and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, Education, I guess. I just yeah, I love sharing what I know. And yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like technical stuff to weed through. And there's room for everyone. You don't have to be super technical. Like I'm not super technical, but I can figure things out and I can ask questions yeah. and I can, um, you know, lean on a technical person, you know, and yeah. sometimes the technical people don't quite get the artistry stuff. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. they're like, can you just please help me get this singing? Okay. You got it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, So my last question, if someone was producing a documentary about you, what <laughs> things would you want them to highlight about your life outside of your work in VFX? Wow. <laughs> oh, man, that might get really like personal and political, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But that's fine. Is that okay? All yeah. right. You can, you can always edit it out, right? If it's just too much. But this is about you, whatever you yeah. want in your documentary. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I has to be honest, right? So, okay. About my, I, it's about my upbringing, but my goal is to, is uh, to be every Christian's favorite atheist, if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah. Cause I love people. I love, yeah. I lo and I, and I'm a big lover of Jesus. If that makes sense. He's a revolutionary. Like yeah. I'm so down. I get it, you know, and I am here for you, like, as strong as your Christian brothers and sisters, if that makes sense, because you fun. are my brothers and sisters, too. And mm -hmm. I, I, I love is just, for me, love is my God. God is love. 
And so mm -hmm. if I, I, I can get behind anything, I just replace the word God with love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. So um, where can people see your work and follow you on social media if they want to? Oh, okay. Well, I'm not really big on it. So apologies. Okay. I, sh I am going to start because I, I blame my age. I, I've got the, you know, Facebook status question. What, what is your status? And then my first reaction is like, who cares? <laughs> I don't, I don't even care like myself. So I'm not really on Facebook very much at all. I am on um, Instagram, but mm -hmm. I don't really post that much about mm -hmm. visual effects. I'm going to, I'm going to try to start. I'm shy, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it takes me forever to post one thing. So most of my posts lately are like black lives matter or going to this black coffee shop or, um, mm -hmm. actually today I need to go get some fish stuff from my favorite, um, fish store called Tokyo fish. And it's a Japanese owned family owned forever in LA. So I'm going to do an Instagram about that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not, I need to get more VFXy in my, <laughs> my Instagram, but it's, I believe it's at Kittymoto, K-I-T-Y-M-O-T-T-O. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's just personal. Um, and then what's and your I, My reel has not been updated in years. So. That's what everybody says. I guess you're so busy just working your career. You're like, oh. I mean, 2013. Like, it just, when you're in the industry, you get so busy. Mm -hmm. And recommendations are really, really important, yeah. even more mm -hmm. so than your reel, because yeah. you can show the sexiest shot on your reel and you could have done one little tiny piece of it and yeah, claim yeah. it, you know? So mm -hmm. there's a lot of that to weed through. So recommendation. And that's why I say be cool, like be yeah. good to work with, be fun. And, um, mm -hmm. and that will take you really far because there's yeah. a lot of really cool, fun people in this industry that want to share and, and need like, um, energy, you know, in the room. <laughs> yeah. So cool. So, um, thank you for coming on my platform. I really appreciate you allowing me to highlight you. Yeah. Thank you for asking me. I was honored. Like after VFX access VFX, I was buzzing and I was like, this is what I want to do. This is where I, I'm knowing I'm where I'm supposed to be because mm -hmm. I got the opportunity to do work like that. So thank yeah. you. Happy neck anytime. Mm -hmm. And uh, I look forward to seeing everything that you do as well and with Access VFX. Thank you. Um, so to everyone out there, I want you to like so I know it's real. Comment, tell me how you feel. Subscribe to Seal the Deal and sign up for post notifications to show your zeal. And I'll see you in the next video. Peace. <laughs> Bye.